This is episode number 96 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey, welcome back to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you reduce public speaking fear and become the type of presenters that you really want to be. Uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about how to make a presentation like a proposal, a presentation proposal to management or to an executive. Um, that's one of the things that is can be fairly intimidating to a lot of people. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time kind of breaking down what you want to do in order to make sure if you have an idea that you want to present to management or if you're going to be doing a formal presentation to some decision makers, um, a few things that will help make that process much easier and help you get a really good result. Um, now, the podcast is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. Um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time really talking about the upcoming classes because I talked last week. If you were, if you kind of listened to the podcast last week, I kind of talked about an unveiling that we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks about the new process that we're going to be using. And we're going to be moving away from doing two-day public speaking class. We're still going to do the two-day public speaking classes, but we're going to we're, we're going to focus more on doing a a longer-term type coaching process with with a lot of our clients. Um, however, if you end up registering for one of our two-day public speaking classes sometime before we actually um, move to the new system, you'll get grandfathered in. So um, just so you know, we'll probably be increasing the fee that we charge a little bit. So uh, if you if you really want to take a public speaking class, this would be a fantastic time to do it. So go to fearlesspresentations.com and check out our upcoming classes. All right, so let's go ahead and get get on with today's podcast. So the topic of this podcast, this is episode number 96, and we're going to talk about how to present a proposal to management. And that it's one of those things that um, that can be a little challenging, you know. So like let's say you've identified a problem or an opportunity for your company and and you now you have to go and get approval for that solution that you've come up with. Well, how do you present a proposal to management that's most likely to get approved? Well, the process is actually pretty simple. In fact, uh, the method that we're gonna, that I'm going to show you how to present in in this episode uh, will it, it really works. It, it works about 100% of the time. I mean, very very rarely will you get a no if you kind of follow this process. And and we'll show you why as you go through. You'll kind of see very quickly and easily why the process works so well. So just follow the, the few simple steps that we're going to outline in this episode, and you should have a, a really, really good result. So um, so basically what we've done is we've identified three critical steps, three things that are very important. And if you do these three steps, you're most likely to get that approval. The first step or step number one is to clearly state the problem or the opportunity in your title along with your solution. So don't be mysterious. Let everybody in the room know right up front what the problem is and what the solution is. 
just so you know, the average attention span of people today is about eight seconds. Um, in fact, in the show notes, I'm going to link to a Microsoft uh, study that was done, I think it was a, a year, a year and a half ago, something like that. So very, very recently. And uh, and one of the, by the way, I've been saying that the attention span of people is about eight seconds from past studies for almost a decade now. I came up with that number doing the research very early on after I wrote the Fearless Presentations book and the, the textbook for our classes. And uh, so I've been using that for years, but apparently Microsoft has come out with a new study that just kind of put the world on its ears a little bit. You, you start to see this in commercials and all kinds of stuff. In reality, if you kind of read through the data that Microsoft came up with, it's pretty close to what we came up with a decade ago, is that our attention spans really haven't changed. We, we still have the same limited attention span that we always have had. It's just that today we're just constantly being bombarded with so much data on a daily basis that it's just more difficult to entertain us. You know, for instance, think about how often you've you've just hit the next episode button on Netflix without even thinking about it um so we don't we don't lose attention at all during you know a 6 hour Netflix binge on Breaking Bad or Orange is the New Black or whatever the new popular thing is but uh the the my point is that people are less inclined to allow you to waste their time because the the entertainment and the data and the information that's at our fingertips is just so dramatic now so if if you're you know if your boss gets an important call you know one minute one minute into the presentation you really want him or her to be able to get the gist of your idea so putting that that content right up front in the title the the problem or the opportunity along with the solution is going to is going to help you a lot so let me give you a couple of, of bad examples, and we'll show you how to improve these to make them a little bit better. So let's say that, uh, so, so to um, you really want to stay away from you know vague or uninteresting titles such as um, ideas for fixing the sales funnel problem, <laughs> right? So if you say that ideas for fixing the sales funnel problem, what exactly are those ideas? In fact, how many are there? What what is this? sales funnel problem that you speak of and really why do I even care about it so it's basically that's kind of a vague title it it tells you somewhat or it tells your audience anyway somewhat of the content of what you're going to be presenting on but it's not real great it's not fantastic right here's another one um, effective disciplinary policies can help our company you know, what policies, <laughs> you know, what policies are we talking about and how are they different from what we're doing now and help us in what way, help our company in what way? Uh, so, so again, pretty vague, pretty general, pretty generic. Um, you you want to get rid of the mysterious type of presentation title and make it really quick and easy so that if all your boss sees when he or she walks in the room is just the title, they have the gist of what you're going to be covering. Um, here's another one. Distribution problems that can be fixed with a capital investment. <laughs> so what distribution problems, for that matter? What part of the, the distribution process are we going to talk about? What are these actual problems? You know, and they can be fixed how? And what kind of investment are we talking about? You're talking about an a capital investment? What kind? And and what do you want me to buy for you? It's basically, those are all questions that are going to be 
right on the front of the of the um, of the minds of the people that are in your audience because they know that you're going to be presenting for that specific purpose. So, and since you're not telling them what that is, it makes it a little bit more challenging. So, these are some better examples. So, these may not be perfect, but it gets it it it's going to get you more attention anyway from the audience. It's going to make your audience a little bit more attentive. So. Um, like for instance, in that first example, automating the repetitive data entry part of the sales process will allow our sales teams, to, our sales team, to increase efficiency and revenue. So basically, what we're going to talk about is automating that repetitive data, that that data entry part of the sales process. And if we do that, we're, it's going to allow our sales team to increase efficiency and increase the revenue that the company receives. Much, much better. It still may be wordy, but at least it's it lets the audience know exactly what we're going to be talking about. Um, another for the for the second one, consistent and fair written disciplinary policies will help us avoid wrongful termination lawsuits. So what do we want them to do? Get a, a written disciplinary policy in front of our, our managers. If we do that, we're going to avoid or the the chance anyway of having one of those wrongful termination lawsuits that we that every business owner dreads or every manager dreads. Um, for the logistics problem, if we buy a box truck with a lift gate, we can save over thirty five thousand dollars a year in local freight charges. Pretty quick and easy tells the, tells tells the audience exactly what you want them to, want them to do and why they're going to benefit or how they're going to benefit. They're going to benefit. It's going to save us thirty five thousand dollars a year. So you can see how the updated titles actually inform the audience much better. So to create a, create a really good title for your for your your presentation proposal or your proposal presentation. Sorry, you you first want to create a really clear statement of what the problem is. Second. Create a simple statement about what your solution to that problem is, and then finally, um, uh, make sure that that your solution has a built-in benefit to the audience. When you combine those two statements that you've just created into a single sentence, that becomes your your new title. And then don't worry about the title being too wordy. Sometimes we think, oh, it's got to be short, and it doesn't necessarily have to. If the if the audience member can read that and know exactly what you're going to be talking about, that's much better than than giving them a shorter title that's that's really cryptic. So that's step one. Step one is to start with that really good title. Step two is to start with a detailed story of why the problem is so bad. So and, and this is where we get folks, especially when I'm when I'm going over this in our classes, they'll go, whoa, 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 wait, 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 Doug. Don't these people, these are the executives, don't they already know what this problem is? I mean everyone for God's sakes knows what the problem is. In fact, why don't we just skip this entire part and save time? I, I, I want them to know, you know, I really wanted to know how to present my proposal to management. You know, I don't want to baby them, right? I mean, that's kind of some of the reactions. It's never not that dramatic, but basically that's kind of the, the thought process behind a lot of the questions that we'll, we'll get at this point. Um, and just so you know, that line of thinking, that's one of the, that leads to some of the biggest challenges that, that, that occur with this type of presentation that people deliver. So if you remember earlier when I referenced the Microsoft study about attention span, that study didn't say that people were dumber or less attentive than previous generations. In fact, the conclusion was the exact opposite. Our attention, our, our attention spans anyway, they're, they're actually more developed than what they ever, ever have been in the past. So it, it, 
it, it takes something much more interesting. It takes much more interesting content to break through our guard in today's world. And that's why stories are so important. Stories really transport the listener to another place in time, and they engage the listener's brain in a really creative way. That's really what you want them to do. You want them to stop thinking about the 17 gazillion problems that they had when they walked in the room and start thinking about this particular problem because you're going to give them a solution. So um, here's an example of stating the problem without a story. So if you don't, so basically if you just kind of give them a title and then just state the problem without a story, it might sound something like this. That repetitive manual data entry that our sales reps have to do is wasting a lot of quality sales time. Now, the positive thing about this statement is that it's very specific about what the problem is. That 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 is a great improvement or vast improvement on what you'll see in a lot of presentations like this. However, the statement doesn't really create an emotional impact on the audience. That the problem doesn't seem that big. So when you get to your solution and the solution is going to cost money, then the audience really isn't compelled to invest that money because there's really no emotional draw to it. However, when you start with a story, you capture and hold the attention of the audience a whole lot better. So I give you a better example of this. So, so we just finished our our, our title and we start with a really good story like this. So last week I spent the morning just watching a couple of our absolute best sales reps. And early on Tuesday morning, Jan, who as you guys know is one of our best sales reps and probably our top sales rep at the moment, she got a call from a prospective customer who wanted a price quote. And she spent a total of about 20 minutes consulting with the client to get, get that client an accurate quote. And they did this over the phone. And during the call, she made quick notes in the customer relation management software, you know, what we call CRM. However, at times, you know, because the, the customer was talking so fast, she made notes on a notepad on her desk. And, and so she had some of the notes in the, in, the, um, in the CRM and then some on her notepad. So I assume that she did this just because she didn't want to miss any of the important details. But when she finished the call, she took a few minutes to add in all of the written notes that were on her paper and, and type that into the CRM. So next, she manually moved the contact in the CRM to the proposal stage of the sales funnel. So there was a she had to actually manually do that. It wasn't done automatically when she finished the call. And after that, she began working on a written proposal for this for this contact. So and what she did was she kind of took that that content that she'd already typed up and put in the CRM and re she basically copied a lot of it and pasted it into the 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 first part of the proposal so so that she could customize that proposal for the client. And 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 um when she then she had to go to the price list. <laughs> so basically at that point she's already working on the proposal. She gets now to the part of the proposal where she's trying to put the price in. She's got to go to the price list and input the data a third time into the price list so that she gets an accurate quote. So she's copied and pasted that quote now into the proposal. And then she she's just about to save the, the proposal as a PDF so she can send it to the contact and she gets a second call. On the new call, she did the same exact process all the way until she, she had finished putting that data into the CRM and moving the prospect manually over into the into the CRM in the, in the sales stage. And then she went back to the first client, finished up sending out that proposal. It only took another five minutes or so, but now she's you know, broken her flow working with the the new client. Anyway, but to to kind of give you the gist of what happened here, it took 
It took us almost an hour and a half to get a very simple quote out to the first contact, and this is our best sales rep, and it took over two hours for the second rep to get a quote. So as you can see, that I went into the great detail about that, that story, just so you know. I mean, uh, although Jan, the lady that I referenced, is not a, a real person, I, we this was a process that we went through years ago or a couple of years ago where we were like, we've got to make this a whole lot easier for people to be able to get a good quote from us. And and that was kind of the process that we went through. That's how I could that that's how I could kind of tell you that story in such great detail because I was there, I witnessed it, I watched it. And by telling that story to management in in a very compelling way, it, it gives lots of details. It helps them get that picture in in their mind of what the actual problem is. So an, an analogy that I like to use here is that it's like you're giving your audience, the members of your audience, a shovel and you're asking them to dig their own hole. As you kind of tell the story, they're just kind of scooping the, the dirt out of the hole. And then once the hole is deep enough, they look up and they go, holy cow, I'm in a deep hole now. And then you uh, eventually, when you get to the solution part, you just kind of drop a ladder down to them. So we make it easy for them to get out of that, that, that challenge, that hole. So um, for that example that I just mentioned, a, a summary uh, so the 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 what you want to do at the end of the story is give a, a summary for that story or that problem statement. So after I t you don't you don't just want to tell the story and then just leave them. You want to give them a a a, a summary of kind of what you just told. So if I were to finish that story, I would say something like, "So the big problem here is that we is that we post on our website that we're that folks can actually call our eight hundred number and get an instant quote." <laughs> So people call our 800 number. That's what they're expecting when they when they call in. However, our manual processes are causing this potential customer to have to wait hours sometimes for a quote. In many cases, the prospective customer is only looking for one, two, maybe three quotes. So if three of our competitors have are have given this information um, already, if they've given the, the information to the prospect sooner, then we're likely not even going to be considered for the projects that we're quoting on, especially if we're the third or the fourth company that they've called. So I have a solution, though, that I think might make our instant quote a little bit more instant. So basically, now I'm setting them up to really want to hear for to hear what the solution is. So basically, the those that those first couple of steps are really important. You want to give them a really good title. So if that's all they see, they've, they've got an overview of kind of what you're going to be covering. And then in the first part of the presentation, really paint the picture for them as to what the problem is by telling them a story. Give them a real life example of what happened. Now, by the way, sometimes I use the word story and example interchangeable and interchangeably. Just keep in mind that a story is something that did happen. That's going to be way more compelling. If you can paint the picture of something that happened in your office last week that caused a big problem and you saw this, that's going to be very compelling. If you give them an example of something that could happen, it's 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 going to be less meaningful to them because, yeah, okay, it could happen, but it hasn't happened yet. So it's much better to tell a story than give an example, but you want to really paint the picture of that story. So step three is now that you have their attention, give them this powerful solution. So give them the solution. You've set them up for it now, so give them the, the powerful solution. So when you're looking at how to present a, a proposal to management, the solution is really important. 
So you want to follow the, the, the simple steps that I'm going to give you here in this last stage to make it a whole lot easier. So if the solution is really simple, just give them the solution. <laughs> it sounds it sounds obvious, but for some reason, it's not obvious in a lot of cases. So so let's say, for instance, that I painted the picture of what that, that problem is, and the solution is just to get a plug-in. So my solution, if it's a simple solution like that, I might just say something like, so we can invest $249 in a plug-in that will allow all the different pieces of software that we have to share that information, and it'll fix it like that. $249, I can fix this big problem. A lot of times, if that's if that's how you ended your presentation, they'd go, okay, that sounds like a no-brainer. Let's do that, right? If the solution is a little bit more complex, you're going to want to break the solution down into a, a few basic steps. I would say no more than five steps. But so I'll, I'll give you an example of a solution, a solution that might be a little bit more complicated than just getting a plug-in. So the, the, so the first step that we might present to them is that we need to get IT to create a single input portal for our sales reps. That's going to help us reduce errors and speed up the, the entire process. And then second, once we create that portal, we're going to have to retrain the sales reps to use this new process so that we don't meet resistance from them. Now, a lot of times when you put new stuff out there, the, the folks that have been around a while are going to kind of resist that change. And so we have to be able to, to train them effectively, show this how, show them how this is going to save them a lot of time and, and make it eat, make their job much easier, help them make more money. And then finally, the third thing, the third thing is um, we need to analyze the data as we implement this solution to determine when, uh, you know, how we can transfer the current sales reps into different positions. You know, because if we are really going to be that efficient, we're probably not going to need all those sales reps that we have now. So uh, eventually we're going to need to keep track of, of when we're increasing efficiency so that we can transition some of those sales reps to new positions. We're not wasting payroll. So you notice that in this step-by-step -step approach, I've added the benefit of the company for each one of those steps. You know, for instance, if we create the single input portal, then we reduce the errors and speed up the entire process. And so if we retrain the sales team, then we won't get as much resistance from them. If we analyze the data, then we can save money on payroll. So by inserting those benefits into the actual bullet points or statements, if I'm doing this verbally, um, we, we make a compelling pitch right away. And again, if, if those are your bullet points on a slide that you're presenting to to um, the executives, then now you've got a really compelling title that gives them the gist of what you're going to talk about. And then the step-by-step -step process laid right out there and with benefits as to why they should do these. So basically, that, that's kind of the, the structure of how you want to do one of these proposals. But it's also a really good idea to reinforce each of the points, if you if you have a step-by-step -step process like this, with a short kind of mini story, and and I'll explain that process by the way when we get to the the final step, which is which basically is you want to paint the picture of the outcome that this idea is going to create for them. So you got to paint the picture just like we did what, by painting the picture with the with the um, the problem statement in the beginning by telling them a story about a, a bad experience that we, that we've had. Now we want to paint the picture of the future to them and show them how we've actually already achieved this. So get them picturing their mind the success that we can have with this. So um, the most important part of how to present a proposal to manage, management is to, is to really paint the picture 
of success to the as you as you finish providing your solution. So an easy way to do this is to recreate the original story that you told at the early part of your presentation, but this time include the solution in that story. So a simple solution example might be um, we can invest $249 in in a plugin that will allow the different pieces of software to share information. In, in that case, Jan would still spend that 20 minutes consulting with the contact. However, at this time, she would insert the data directly into the CRM. She wouldn't be using a notepad. She's, it's going right into the CRM. The CRM would then send that data to the price sheet and then pull a quote automatically. Jan would see that quote instantly and be able to tell the, the client verbally over the phone what, the, what his or her quote was. And then finally, the CRM would automatically pull the data that Jan typed in to the CRM and insert it into the proposal, send it out automatically. All that stuff is done with the push of the button as Jan kind of finishes the, the consulting call. So that customer would now receive a PDF with the content of what she and Jan talked about while Jan is still on the phone with her. <laughs> So Jan could serve three customers very, very well versus serving two customers inefficiently and do it in less time. So we could we could reassign up to half of our current sales reps. So this $249 investment will help us cut payroll almost in half. So you can see how <clears throat> obviously this solution, if the if the um, if this is the solution that we're presenting to the the, the management. If we paint the picture of that success, it'll go, oh my God, well, that totally makes sense, right? It, it shows how, hey, you invest $249, we're gonna help you make or save a ton of money. It makes it a no-brainer. Of course, they're gonna wanna do this. This is why this technique has such a high rate of success. It's why it's got almost 100% success because if you've gone through the process, thought through the, the problem and the solution that you're, you're providing, then it becomes a no-brainer for the people who are making the decisions with you. Now, obviously, if the solution is more complex, just like the one we did before that had three steps, all you do is just paint that picture with, with Jan and just a little at a time. So basically, you would tell the part about how, you know, how we would provide training and kind of paint the picture of what that training would look like and, and how Jan would benefit from it and how she's going to feel much better about it because she's going to be more efficient. So basically you kind of, kind of go through each one of those steps and, and at the end of each step, paint the picture for the, for the executives as to how this was really going to help. So basically it's a real simple process. It's basically, it's basically just three steps. All you really have to do is um, come up with a really good title that has the problem and the solution built into it. Come up with a step-by-step -step process that that gets them that gets that solution implemented, and then paint the picture for the executives about what that solution is going to look like. And they're 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 almost 100% likely to be able to to buy into your your idea and really implement this right away. So, by the way, if you if you want some additional practice, if this is something that you do on a consistent basis, if this is something that you want to get some additional practice at, then uh, th this is one of the main things that we do in the Fearless Presentations class, at least in one day of the Fearless Presentations class. Uh, what we do is we take people through the step-by-step -step process of how to design presentations like this so that the audience 
is enjoying the content and getting good benefit out of the content and buying into the, the content. So if this is something that you've struggled with in the past, then make sure and come to one of our, our two-day public speaking classes. In addition, if you haven't yet subscribed to the Fearless Presentations podcast, I know we've got like thousands and thousands of people now that have subscribed to the podcast. Thank you so much for doing that, by the way, and I hope you're getting great value. Um, the one thing that I haven't seen a lot of, I know we've seen a lot of comments now on iTunes, which is kind of that, that was fun. I, I actually went back to iTunes because I don't I don't subscribe to my own podcast and we don't get notifications when when you guys go and leave a positive comment on iTunes. And I went back and there were like a bunch of new comments on there that I hadn't actually seen. So um, so we do appreciate that, by the way. Um, we do appreciate the the five star ratings and and things that we're getting on on iTunes. Um, if you're wanting us to respond to any of your comments, though, just go to the show notes. If you go to iTunes or any of the other um, uh, podcasting software that that uh, that you can get the podcast through, in the show notes, it almost always will give you a link to the the Fearless Presentations website where the post is or the show notes are in the in the description. Sorry, in the description on the podcast software. Um, if if you don't find that on the podcast software that you're using, or if we forgot to put it in one time, you just go to fearlesspresentations.com, type in the title of the of the podcast, and it'll come up in the search bar on um, to, on every single page of the of the website. So it's, they're really, really easy to find. So at the at the bottom of those show note pages, there's a place for comments. And if you leave us a comment, we answer every single one of those. So if I'm out of the office, then one of my other instructors will will follow up with you. But for the most part, I like to answer all of those myself. So if you want to get in touch with me or give me some ideas on things that you want me to cover on the podcast, then make sure and do that. And we'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.